0: Welcome to BioInnovator Spotlight at LifeScience.org, where we listen to the life science leaders of tomorrow tell their story and discuss their challenges as founders and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, scientist turned communicator, Dr. David Kirk. Let's meet today's founder. I'm joined this week by Jenny Barnett, founder and CEO of Monument Therapeutics, a spin-out of Cambridge Cognition and based at Alderley Park in Cheshire, UK. Jenny, thank you for joining me on BioInnovator Spotlight. Please tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into life science.
1: Thanks for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be here. I am a psychologist originally by training. Um, I So I, I studied psychology at university, moved into a postdoc in psychiatric epidemiology, so a more medically mm-hmm. orientated department. Um, and then uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do beyond that was... Uh, Think, thinking I'd become an academic because that seems the obvious, um, route, mm-hmm. um, but had an opportunity to move into industry, uh, because, uh, postdoc in my lab had moved across to Cambridge Cognition, which was a company that I, I then ended up working for, for uh, more than a decade. So a bit of an accidental move into industry, but um, one that I was very happy to uh, make. And Cambridge Cognition works um, across multiple pharmaceutical companies. So it was a scientific role um, with a lot of exposure to uh, all the new drugs that were being developed in all the variety of drug development companies that exist. So um, really uh, interesting in that
0: respect yeah and you were uh cso of cambridge cognition is that right
1: yeah i came in as a junior scientist um wow. with a couple of years of postdoc experience and then uh grew, grew the team and worked my way up so the the team does two things really one is that it uh, works with pharmaceutical companies in a consulting capacity mm-hmm. so helping them to um uh use cambridge Cognition's technology which is um computer uh, assessments that measure brain function. So things that look like computer games, but are measuring very specific aspects of brain function. Um, So working with pharmaceutical companies to um, help them design clinical trials, particularly where they're trying to improve brain function. So things like Alzheimer's disease, ADHD, Mm -hmm. schizophrenia, um, but also a little in areas where they're uh, keen to demonstrate to regulators that there isn't a negative impact on brain function. So if you're developing a new drug for childhood asthma, for example, and kids are going to be on this for you know potentially many years or even decades, and then regulators want to see that that's not impacting their brain development. So a lot of it was um, working around that, and then we, we started to build into the company uh, a, a research and development function of our own um, and started to look at what... Uh, how we could measure brain function from other new technologies that were becoming available. So things like Alexa, smartphones, smartwatches, um, uh, uh, things that we all have in our our, uh, world around us that could potentially be tapped to measure um, how you're doing today, how you're feeling today, how you're behaving today in an ongoing
0: um, basis. Yeah, and that's very interesting. Tell me then, why did you decide to become a founder yourself and and spin out of uh, Cambridge Cognition? well that was also
1: rather accidental i find that all the best (laughs) career decisions are um essentially we'd had a research project going on at cambridge cognition for a while thinking about how we could use their technology um not just as the end point of clinical trials but to improve the way that we design clinical trials Mm -hmm. so we work predominantly in neuroscience um, obviously predominantly interested in brain function and neuroscience has this real problem that we rarely measure anything very objectively. It's it's very hard to, um, to measure stuff objectively in neuroscience because we can't actually, you know, go in and and, and measure the brain directly. Mm -hmm. Um, so that causes a real problem for drug development because, um, it's a, it's kind of a, quite a soft target. So, you know, if, if, if if your conversations with the clinician are how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10, do you think this drug's helping? Do you think we should, you know, we could, we should up the dose, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's a long way from what we do in, um, you know, other areas of medicine where we measure something in your blood or, you know, your blood pressure or in cancer, where we look at the genetic makeup of the tumor and and that's how we make, that's how we develop drugs and that's how we make treatment decisions for patients. so yeah we we wanted to try and improve the measurement effect um in in um neuroscience and we thought that that would make drug development a lot uh, uh more effective we talked to our pharmaceutical company clients about this a lot, of course, and what they tended to say was, you know, the scientists will say, oh, absolutely, we should absolutely uh, be be doing this and we should be developing drugs for subgroups of patients that look a lot lot alike, not just one size fits all. That doesn't really work in the brain. Um, But it's not really how big pharmaceutical companies work. Ultimately, they um, like to do things based on precedent, um, things that the regulators have seen before, things that their commercial teams uh, understand. And so it sort of came about that that um, we wanted to put our money where our mouth is and really give it a go ourselves. So Monument was um, the, the attempt to um, do uh, in, a, in a very small micro environment, drug development in the way that we think is the future for, for all pharmaceutical companies. And we couldn't stay within Cambridge Cognition doing that mm. um, because of the the nature of the company, their customers are pharmaceutical companies. Um, so if we were going to develop drugs, we needed to be a separate company doing right. that. And uh, so that that was how Monument came about. And <laughs> and uh, as I say, I I founded it sort of accidentally because uh, it, it seemed the most uh, the most sensible thing, um, a next step for, for, for my
0: career, I suppose. I think we've we've kind of touched now on uh, on the field obviously that you're focusing on and what the unmet challenge is that you're, it's very difficult to measure uh, measure the brain in terms of neuroscience and, and kind of this disease uh, or even disease probably isn't the correct word in some cases but uh, you know in, in terms of these conditions um, how are you meeting this challenge now with Monument? We are using Cambridge Cognition's technology, Mm
1: -hmm. um, but in a different way from how uh, pharmaceutical companies tend to use it. So what we are doing is we have an exclusive license to use particular um, of their biomarkers. So these Mm -hmm. these computer games to define patient populations that whatever else is going on in their brain at least have this one brain function or brain abnormality in common. Mm So what we're trying to do there is find a group of people who have a much more homogenous disorder or or subtype or or, or, um, however you think of it. And the reason we're doing that is because um, neuroscience has has historically failed a lot, actually. So um, many good drugs uh, or drugs that look good, particularly at the early stages of development, have failed at the later stages of development. And we think that's because um, when you go out to large groups of patients, when you're trying to enroll large groups of patients without objective measurements, then what you end up with is, is rather a heterogeneous group of people. So um, what we're trying to do is instead of develop a drug for all of depression, for example, can we um, find a group of people who have a, a, a brain type that is um Sorry, not explaining that very well. We'll go back a bit. Um, what we're trying to do at Monument is instead of develop a drug that will treat everybody, we're trying to develop a drug that will treat people who have a particular type of brain abnormality or brain function. And we use these measures to define those patients. So each of our therapeutic programs has a digital biomarker that defines the people for whom we think the drug will work, as well as the drug that we uh, hope is going to be helpful in treating their symptoms.
0: very interesting. I like the idea of a digital biomarker as well. I think that's a very very 21st century approach to medicine, this very precision medicine way of uh, operating as well.
1: Yeah. And, and it's very scalable. You know, p- people are doing very clever things with um, mm. ways to measure the brain in terms of things like EEG. So, you know, there's electrical caps that you mm. sometimes see on people's heads or you can do wonderful things with brain imaging, with uh, genomics, proteomics, multiomics, all, mm. all of that really clever science. But ultimately, it's quite difficult to scale that in clinical trials. And it's certainly difficult to imagine how that would operate in a, in a doctor's office. So mm. the thing we like about our digital biomarkers is they take five minutes, they run on a mobile phone. And so you, you can um, use them anywhere in the world in terms of uh, deciding whether a patient is appropriate to go into a clinical trial. Um, and you can ultimately use them anywhere in the world to help a, an individual doctor decide whether an individual patient is likely to benefit from this drug or not. I think that's the real goal of pre-
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, Looking at yourself now as your role as a CEO and founder of Monument, what is the biggest challenge facing you today?
1: the biggest challenge at the moment is fundraising. <laughs> um, so we, we raised, um, we spun out 18 months ago and raised mm. a, a seed round to support that. Mm. And the great thing has been that, um, we've hit all our milestones and the, the, the company's done really well. So all the technical great. projects that we have been running, uh, have worked out beautifully. Um, of course, it's now a bit of a funny time to be raising mm. our, our series a, um, with, uh, uh, you know, some investors being cautious about putting money into new companies yeah. because they feel the need to protect their existing companies and make sure that they can um, bankroll those appropriately. And it's also a funny time to be planning our next stage of work in terms of, um, you know, there's, there's strong inflation, there's there's funny currency fluctuations. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, unknown in the uh, in the, in, in the um, world for a, for a small company with relatively short timeframes to be dealing with. Um, So yeah, we're, we're going out at the moment um, and uh, planning our, um, our next fundraise for, um, sometime in in the spring probably of 2023 um with with some headwinds against us having said which i think we have some tailwinds as well neuroscience um 18 months ago uh neuroscience was um, less interesting to people than it is today and precision medicine as we've already discussed i think there's been a real wave of interest in in the area and and um not just ourselves but a couple of other companies that have cut have come out within that time frame talking about trying to use a precision medicine approach for psychiatry and neurology so it's something that's began to uh interest big pharmaceutical companies
0: more and ultimately that that helps with uh, fundraising wonderful and the last thing i want to ask you then is about a book or a documentary have you been able to see or have you even had time (laughs) to read (laughs) or see a documentary that has maybe helped shape your thinking maybe it was years ago maybe it was maybe it was last week yeah, that's a really good question. I had to, had to think about this
1: one. So the conclusion I came to was, um, actually the, the book that I've probably, that probably influences me most in working life is Free Economics. also a podcast. Do you know Free Freakonomics? I do, yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's a great, um, podcast originally. And then, mm-hmm. and then book from, um, economists, um, who wrote in the, in the New York times. And the reason I've chosen that is because, um, the reason I love psychology, actually, my, my my first training is because you really use the range of methods. So you might be discussing um, electrical activity in a single neuron, or you might be discussing, you know, a study where people watched um, uh, who crossed the road first at a pedestrian crossing, or something like that. You know, you you kind of use a, a wide range of methods, and I think Freakonomics was the first time that I realised that there were other people out there like me, who just want data to answer every possible question in life. So, you know, I think it's just, a, it's it's, a, it's an attitude of mind thing that um, someone tells you something interesting in the pub and my immediate thought is, well, oh, I wonder what data there is to support that or I wonder what data you could get to support that. And I think that's exactly how the free economics uh, guys go about the world. So I think of them as my tribe, even though they don't know I
0: exist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh brilliant. Okay, that is a great recommendation. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for joining me on the BioInnovator Spotlight. It's been a pleasure David. Thanks. Wonderful. And we'll chat to you soon. Are you a life science CEO in Europe? Go to life science org. Com, where you can connect, share and engage with a community of your peers. We have a platform just for early stage founders too. You can join there at nextgen.lifescienceorg.com.